Hey everybody and welcome to uh, Politics at Boom. I'm Kevin Ham, and I'm joined this week by uh, a returning guest. Actually, this will be your third time on the show. It is, somewhat, yeah. Yeah, um, Eddie Zimple is here and you were with us last week and I really appreciated taking the uh, chance and doing the round table with us. It was a little weird. It was a little weird, <laughs> you know. But it was fun. Um, if, for those of you who missed it, shame on you. Uh, there is an episode you need to go check out. Uh, basically, last week, we talked about uh, the upcoming race, and we handicapped it from the perspective of a couple of Republicans, a couple of Democrats, and one weirdo, and that would be me. <laughs> and uh, we got through a lot, but we didn't get to discuss the whole of what's going on in politics because, well, you can't. Right. <laughs> There's so many interesting things that are going up. But... Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, it's it's always interesting when you get four different views in the same room, or five, I guess, uh, especially with with two two people that have run for office on the Republican side, two on the Democrat side. They're not going to line up, and then you got a moderator that you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Thanks, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <I ain't> Ed. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it, it was definitely uh. something that I had never thought of doing, but it's interesting to see where we lined up on some things or, or what, which races we, we agreed that Democrats might win or, or Republicans might win. But um, it was definitely something new. Uh, and it, I think that it would be good for Montana to have them sit down more often together because you don't really get elected officials or, or people that are interested in politics in the same room and willing to go on air about <laughs> what they believe in. So. Yeah, that, there is that... Um... When I first started the show, as you know, you were one of the first guests on. I think you were the third? I was the third, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the third. Now it's the third time. <laughs> All sorts of threes in the air. Um, it was very bizarre for everybody that I was talking to about the show because it was, I want to have people on the show. I want to talk about what's going on in politics, and I don't necessarily care about what your politics are. I care about why you're in politics. And nobody believed me for a long time <laughs> as I was trying to get the show going. They were very much sort of... No, you're going to attack us. We've met you. You're a jerk. And I am, but I try not to do that on the show. So it was, it was great to have you on the show as a guest. It was really fun to do the um, live roundtable yeah. thing. <coughs> Excuse me, everyone. And what I thought was very interesting about the roundtable is that, you know, you have the disparate sides. And like you said, you know, there's, there's a lot of middle ground that everybody can, can come across to and agree on. And then the things where we disagree, the philosophical disagreements don't seem that far apart. Um, I guess I was, I was really impressed with Mike and, and some of his analysis and what's going on. And he's always, he's always got great analysis. I mean, his tweets are brilliant. And uh, his outlook on it is, while it's very libertarian and, and conservative in many, many ways, he's very grounded in, in what he's thinking. And, um, Derek's the same way. It's like, you know, you do the right thing for the people, and that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't have to, it shouldn't be an argument to do the right thing. Right. And you notice with those two, I mean, I, my house district is a hop, skip, and jump away from, from where Mike's is. Uh, in the, the larger map, he's just a few over from where I was running. And he, he is one of the politicians that I like the best, because no matter if they're in session... Uh, with Montana's weird sessions every other year. He is tweeting, he's uh, interacting with, with voters and Montanans 
no matter if he's in session or not, or if he's an interim committee. And you don't see that a lot with the 100 representatives and 50 senators that we have. Without the session, you, you never hear from them. Not even if they, they uh, are in, you're in the same town, you never hear from your representative or your senator uh, on, on local issues where they should still be standing up and saying, hey, this is what my district believes in. Uh, and you don't see that. And Mike uh, does a really good job. I follow him on Twitter. Uh, and I'd like to see more people uh, like him, whether it's Democrat or Republican. Uh, I don't think it matters as much because they're, they're talking with their, their constituents. And so uh, from working with Mike at the legislature, I've, I've seen that he doesn't always vote his, what he believes. He, he votes with what his constituents uh, in, the few, in the counties that he represents uh, more often than not. I, I really respect that. Yeah. It's very cool. And then Derek is, uh, he's, <laughs> the, his daughter is a friend of mine and re refers to him as the reluctant Republican. <laughs> and there's so many things that, you know, you, you want to fix at the county level and that's why he ran and he runs into some issues getting stuff done, but it's so refreshing to have somebody just go, no, this is why it's not happening. You know, we tried, I tried this, they tried this, and it's not, it's not happening. Right. And at least you know where the, where the roadblocks are at that point. You're not dealing <clears> with... Uh, the level of bureaucracy where you can't figure out why it's not working. And then Kelson, our other guest, was, uh, she's always phenomenal. She's always, I, last session when I saw her give testimony and on so many crazy bills, and you know her organization, uh, which I would run the initials on, but I cannot even remember them all. <laughs> it's like three quarters of the alphabet and they're all in the wrong order. Um, <laughs> Her organization. I'm trying to think of them in my yeah, head. Yeah, right it's now. the Montana Coalition Against Domestic, Domestic and Sexual Violence. Uh, you know, there were so many bills that that organization touched on because there's so many things that go into that concern. And she was always up there, and she was always professional, and she was always, you know, doing an amazing job. And for her to then turn around and go, no, I want to be a part of these people, and to be running a good campaign, and still have the time to come and talk about all the stuff that could go wrong, has been really, really great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to her winning, um, which, you know, I, I think Liz is a good person. I just think Kelson's a better representative. Right, definitely. <laughs> so, um, and that's one of the harder things that's happened in politics. And actually, I wanted to bring this up. So the Democrats in a couple of races have had some really good candidates. Like, candidates across the board have been good. And, uh, of course, the House race, there were seven candidates, seven, 11, 214 <laughs> candidates, and and you know they there were so many of them that were really really good and and I've said this before there were three or four that honestly could do the job very well and they were they're very ready to be in the position and and just amazing minds amazing people and you know so the Democrats had a plethora of great people to pick from and they picked you know Kim and Kim Gillen is phenomenal and I'm hoping she'll be on the show soon. Hmm. <laughs> Um, and, you know, you look at the people that they didn't pick, and you're like, gosh, can we push them into some of the races? <laughs> right. Well, and we saw that in one race in House District 63, where Frankie has stepped up to, oh, that's right. to take over that, that seat, uh, or at least that nomination against uh, Burnett over in Bozeman. Uh, and it'd be nice to see, I know there's a Senate seat that is vacated on the, the, the person running up in the flathead is not there. 
it would be nice to see if maybe Diane Smith could, could jump in there. Uh, I don't know if they've talked to her, but I think Diane Smith is, is a pretty awesome person. Uh, she's got a lot of potential. She's one of those, I hopefully one of those three. One of the three I think would yes, be very much great so. in that position is U.S. Uh, Congresswoman, but uh, definitely somebody that we need to keep in Montana politics. Um, and I think she was on your show. Yes, she was, uh, and she was awesome. Yeah, awesome. And then the same thing in the AG's race. We had um, Pam Busey, who obviously got the nomination, and Jesse Laslovich, and they were both on the show, and they're both great people, and they're great lawyers, and they've done amazing stuff in their time and you know in working in politics or around politics and for the state and in all the myriad roles that they've had and you go up to the democrats and you basically ask okay we've got two a players pick one <laughs> right right it's like, well, it's, which it's like which that. of these awesome people do you want to represent <laughs> you there's really no bad choice but you have to make a choice and what a crap situation to be in right well it's like it's like playing dodgeball and you you've got only two people to pick from. I hated dodgeball. You know? <laughs> and that's kind of what the situation was. And I, I hopefully, um, the Democrats, uh, me being a Democrat, I think that they have done an amazing job over the, they've gotten better over the years of picking people or, or finding people to run or encouraging them to run that are, are very uh, ready to, to serve Montana. And, and uh, We'll see a lot of it, I think. But this year, like you said, there's a plethora of amazing candidates uh, Unfortunately, more than more people than the spots we have. Right. So. And then on the Republican side, while you can see a bunch of candidates, I don't think they had the depth of 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 skill that the Democrats had. And and I say this knowing full well that I know a lot of the people. And the governor's race is a prime example for this. Um, on the Republican side, there were again nine billion people running, like more than the entire state has population. Right. Everybody was running for governor. <laughs> And, uh, and their dog was running with them. And there were so many people. And of all of those people, I really only think two or three were even in qualified. And I really, you know, Rick Hill was the expected nominee. I, you know, mom's a Republican. I talked to her and she was <laughs> very much, oh, yes, Rick Hill is the expected. Um, Ken Miller, uh, who was also on the show, you know, ran an interesting campaign, really did a good job. Um, I don't know, and he's like he's the one that I'm kind of on the fence about. I don't know that he'd be a good governor or a bad governor. Um, and then I would maybe guess one other person could do it, but I just don't see the depth. And I'm wondering right. how the party has gotten to the point that they just don't have that level of candidates. Now, they right. seem to everywhere else. They seem to have good candidates pretty much everywhere else. Um, they have odd candidates in some places. True. Well, one thing that I've seen from the, the Republicans, and it's something that Democrats have never done, or I've never seen, is they start out with young candidates or younger, younger people working their way through county commissions, city councils that'll then run for legislature. And you have these people that, given 2011 was not one of those years, uh, <laughs> but they, they prime their people, and it's something the Democrats are getting better up. It seems like a few years ago they would come around to election day, say, oh crap, we have nobody to run for this seat. And I think that's what happened on the Republican side in the governor's office. Everyone in the- Because we had no one to run, so everybody <laughs> ran. <laughs> right, they said, oh crap, nobody's, we have nobody to be a front runner. And Rick Hill wasn't one of, he was one of the first people out. But I mean, 
you also had Ken Miller and Corey Stapleton that really were were former legislators and they really wanted it and you could tell and I I liked the way Corey Stapleton ran his campaign um, and Ken Miller he did run an interesting campaign and I he did better than I thought but yeah um, and, and <laughs> you know I had him on the show he was one of the first Republicans on the show and he he you know a couple of people had warned me they're like oh you know it's Ken I, I wonder what he's going to say and I'm I don't know, I, whatever he says, he says. Um, but even the, you know, when he was talking about specific things that he was interested in, he was intelligent, he knew what he was talking about, he had his ideas, and he had what he figured was a, a, a good platform. And you know, it didn't get him that far, it didn't get him obviously through the primary, but it still was well thought out. And it was, you know, it, he gave it a try. And there's so many other people who you know, complain and complain and complain about politics and I don't see them stepping up right you know <clears throat> step up to the plate if you're going if you're going to complain about it you should at least be involved right you know try to run for office sometime and let's see how well you do because it's tough now you ran for office I did and you were put on the spot a lot mm-hmm what was it like you know it was as, a, as somebody that's that's 23 and has worked campaigns it was it was more than I expected you know um, running in Butte being a Democrat, it's kind of the thing that you do. Um, but I was running to unseat a Republican in the last minute, uh, in the sense I, I filed January 12th, first day you could file. Uh, and I got beat by my Democrat opponent who filed the last day. Um, so I, I campaigned two, two months longer than he did. Um, and it kind of put me on the spot in the same sense that uh, the delegation in Butte split. Um, right. So we had. Uh, the representatives and the, the House member or the senators go to each side. So we had an even split, but it did put me on the spot um, because some of those people had said that they would support me and then they didn't, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of shows politics within politics, um, which I, I think most people realize is there. Um, but it was something I was naive about and, and I wasn't expecting. Um, but I got a lot of a lot of questions about being young. Uh, you don't see a lot of young candidates running for house. Most people don't think you can run well, until you're, you're 25. You, you can or, run at the age of 18, <laughs> and that's for house and senate. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. don't think and most people don't know that. Mm -hmm. I got that a lot on the doors that they they didn't know you could run. <laughs> you know, um, but I had a difficult time getting over the fact that my opponent had name recognition. Uh, and that's something that resonates in Montana, even on a statewide race. Yeah, uh, it, it resonated <laughs> in the uh, Secretary of State's race. Right. In, in a very, yeah, we discussed this last week. It, Brad Johnson is running again for an office he held and was shamed out mm -hmm. of <laughs> and against the person who beat him. And it was very close last time, but I don't think it'll be as close as it was simply because Linda's done such an amazing job mm -hmm. of getting that office in shape. They're, you know, they've recaptured their in-budget. They've done all the things that they set out to do. And... You know, everything that should have been going well anyway that had fallen off the rails is now going well. So why wouldn't you want that person con to continue in that job? Right. And I right. mean, Brad Johnson, who's running against Linda McCullough, uh, I didn't follow his race too much, but I, I don't think there was much to follow. But you had him running against a younger person, Scott Asperlinger. Asperlinger. Asperlinger, yeah. sorry. Who was running a, a strong campaign. But you're running against Brad Johnson, who held that seat before. Johnson is a... A pretty well-known last name, no matter where you are. 
Right, and I think that was a downfall, and, and I think Scott should definitely run again. Well, yeah, and, and what's interesting about Scott, like when he first started running, I had an article on my blog, which I won't link to because uh, we're trying to keep the clean tag. Um, <laughs> but the reason that he said that he was running was because he didn't agree with the uh, land board decisions that's, uh, that Linda had been involved with as Secretary of State. Now, mind you, Linda's been on the land board since forever. <laughs> she's a, She's been a land board member, I think, for eight terms, eight four-year terms, because she was the superintendent. Superintendent, and um, anyway, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's uh, we'll go over that be. when she's on the show, which right. is scheduled, but it's not this week. Um, it, there's a ton of decisions that the land board has made that she's been involved in that had been in place for many, many years that Scott didn't have a problem with. And then there was just a couple of decisions that had happened in the last year that were unanimous decisions by the land board that Scott disagreed with. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have any of the, you know, or when he started, he didn't have any idea of what the Secretary of State did when he was interviewed. Uh, you know, they're asking about, well, how are you gonna run the elections? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, pumpkin, guess what? <laughs> That's the actual job. Well, you know, just a quick, that reminds me of, of the guy, he's running to unseat our clerk and recorder in Kildwell County. And when he was asked uh, why he wanted the job and what he would do with elections, he, his, his response was, well, I don't want to deal with Democrats and Republicans. I want it nonpartisan. Well, um, elections are partisan. <laughs> Just <laughs> you know, you're going to be dealing with Democrats, Republicants, independents. Uh, you're going to deal with everybody. And they're all going to be cranky because it's involving an election. Right. Um, which nobody seems to be happy about. Mm. Uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Welcome to my world, people. We have... Uh, so degrees outside. I know. Okay. It's a billion degrees in Montana. Everything's <laughs> on fire. Uh, Scott Espinlader was, of course, running for Secretary of State. Who? Oh, I, I did have something about his campaign. I got in the mail one of his mailers, mm -hmm. and it was this huge, like, 11 by 17, fold-out, full-color, glossy piece of mailing. And I wonder how many people that turned off because I look at that and I just see an amazing amount of money was wasted in that because everybody knows how to use a computer. And if they're really interested in politics, putting on their go to my site, I have things to tell you, is probably more effective. Right. Just my you know view on things. And um, it was the same size as the one that Tim Fox sent out. And I was astounded that anybody would spend that kind of money on a mailer, especially for a statewide race. Right. That a primary. I, I can kind of see it for the actual election when you're targeting independent voters, but for a primary, you just want to give people your name. Right. And, you know, I agree with you. What I did in my race was uh, send out postcard-sized mailings that that had my email address and had a uh, one of those QR codes that went straight to my website. Uh, oh, you used a QR code? No I wonder did. you lost. <laughs> well, among <laughs> other things. But uh, I think that most... It, did anybody scan it? Did you check that? You know, I don't know how to check it because I'm not politically... We'll have to check that. So actually, I, I will get this from Eddie <laughs> because we have an announcement coming up, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, I want to get that from you and see if anybody scanned it because I've had a bunch of people ask me for um, you know, QR codes on their stuff that I mm -hmm. produce for them because in my regular life, I actually produce advertising. And... I've been so vehemently against it because I've done three of them so far and literally zero of them. They've, ne they've never been scanned, not once. And it just, it cracks me up. I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, and I mean, half the time they probably don't even work when you're 
when you see them, which most of the time you see them in the bathroom. Right. I'm not pulling up my phone then. <laughs> I saw one on a billboard. I thought that was brilliant. I was like, yes, I'm going to be driving down the road. I won't be texting, but I'm going to take out the camera and try to focus it steadily on a billboard to get a QR code, right. which was immediately followed by a billboard that said, don't text and drive. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think you're far better <laughs> off with just putting in, just put the URL or put in search words that people can use to find you because even if they can't remember the URL, if they can kind of remember your name and a couple of search words, they can usually find you. Right. If they're interested in politics, right. you know, and that there's that that's the biggest if is, you know, if they're not interested in politics, if they're not interested in in being involved in the process, or if they're just one of those people that votes along party lines, mm -hmm. you know. What can you do? Right, right. I, 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 I hope that mine worked. <laughs> I assume that it did. Um, but I don't know. Most people, no matter what you do, you got to try and find creative ways to get people to look at your thing, your stuff. I'd send them all balloons. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a helium shortage. Do you send them a, an uninflated balloon? Um, yes, <laughs> and you and you mark it as the budget, and <laughs> and you hand it to them and go. Either inflate this or, uh, I don't know. I, I think that campaigns, you know, I think there should be more debates. Like, I, you know, the personal thing that I have is we're coming up on the part of the season where we've got a bunch of fires going on. It's really, really hot. Everybody wants to be at the lake. Nobody wants to be doing any work. And the last thing they really want to focus on is politics. But that ends, like, September 20th. Right. You know, at the, at the latest. And at that point, people are back into, they've got their football games on the weekend, everybody's back in school, and they know that, you know, as adults, that we have to make those adult decisions and one of them is vote. And people start to get engaged at that point. And I still haven't seen a list of when are debates happening for the statewide campaigns? When are debates happening for the national campaigns that are affecting the state? When are the debates happening for the local areas? I, you know, being in Helena, you would think that we would have, you know, being the political town that we are, you'd think that we'd have it set up, that we, you know, this House District 82, House District 84, these are the debate times for them, this is where it's going to be, it will be available on the web, blah, 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 blah. Right. We don't even have that stuff set up, and it makes me crazy, because I'm like, how can you vote if you don't get educated? Well, and we don't even have candidates doing town hall meetings. I mean, these House candidates and Senate candidates should be having meetings with their constituents. Yeah, we're not saying you know? this week, because <laughs> nobody would go, there's no air conditioning in the town hall. Right, but I, but, I mean, Politicians in Montana get away with not doing a lot right now. Mm. You've got this it's the summer. The few months span. But I mean, the governor, the governor's race, they should be having debates, 10 debates over the summer until the election. Because you've got two candidates, one's the attorney general, one's a former congressman, that have a lot of things that they've done, a lot of ideas that they have for this state. And they have a lot of, we need to get our message out. This is what we're focusing on. This is what they're focusing on. And this is why we think what we're focusing on is more important. And without getting that out, without making those statements, people just have that, well, I kind of like Steve. I kind of like Rick. Right. I remember Rick, Rick did something. What did he yeah. do? But, but Steve was uh, the AG. Yeah. You know, and he won a couple. He lost a couple. Yeah. Well, and then, not even, and then you get down the ticket. And you get to superintendent mm -hmm. or uh, secretary district. of state. Yeah, you, well, house district, people are like, who was that? Exactly. Who's but, running? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm in a house. I, I get to vote on a house? Right. Well, I'd like Is mine that, to be a two-car garage. <laughs> I didn't know Jenny Eck was running for the U.S. house. No, she's See, not. that's what... Exactly. It's confusing, and I, I, when I 
was working on smaller campaigns and in smaller districts, and when I say smaller, rural, they did that kind of stuff. They did town hall meetings, or they at least candidate forums with everyone running for office. And when we're in Helena or Butte or Bozeman, you don't see that. Which I find bizarre. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why people aren't more forthcoming with their, hey, I'm running and you should support me, right. rah, rah, rah. Well, and there's like certain things you can get people to show up on. If you're, no matter, you can, see, I know that the House and Senate, they don't deal with roads and infrastructure as much because that's a county and city thing. But right, but if you've the got funding a bad comes, road. The funding comes from above. Right, but if, if you've got a bad intersection in your district, and for example, I have one in my district that I ran for. Only one? I've been to Beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, one that's really contentious right now. They're changing it completely, and people don't like it. It's and held together by potholes. <laughs> and I mean, it's something that you people be like, all right, I want to go listen to them. Talk about it. Tell me what you're going to do. Right. And by the time they get there, you can say, hey, I don't actually deal with what's going to happen on the, the, the actual intersection, but I deal with the funding that's going to these, the city and county that's going to be dealing with that. Yeah, but let me get your county commissioners. Or what are right. they in Butte? Are they called? Uh, we're county commissioners. We're city okay. county commissioners since hmm. we're incorporated. So, okay, I don't understand that. Do you know so, how, the, how the body works? Yeah, so we have... Um, so Butte Silverbow is both the county and the city. Yeah, yeah, it's Butte Silverbow County, uh, hyphenated, and it's got a chief executive, so it's it's run like a business. You got the CEO, uh, elected. He is elected, okay. which is also different than most counties. Right. Um, and then, although we we have a, he takes the place of the mayor as well. Right. Okay. And then we have eleven county commissioners, which is the a lot different than every other county in Montana because. Some counties have three, some have five. And you have 11? We have 11. Oh, because... <laughs> because bureaucracy is not big enough in Silverbow County. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's... Because we need that many. <laughs> Why? Hmm. And it's, it's weird because Butte Silverbow County has 30,000 people. So these, these people are, are representing 3,000 people, which is nice. But I don't know who all the county commissioners are. I know who mine is. Yeah. But... Most people don't, um, but it's 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 weird when I come to other counties like Missoula County or even Lewis and Clark County where they do things a lot different. It confuses me when we were talking with Derek last week after the show, uh, where the city council and the county commissioners do joint things. They do right. uh, joint meetings on some things, and that just blows my mind because where I come from. Everything is done by one body. Right, and I, what I think was interesting about that is that if we tried to do that here in Lewis and Clark, because we've got three fairly large cities. We've got Helena, of course, mm -hmm. but then we've also got Augusta and East Helena, and East Helena being its own special mass because it actually <laughs> bleeds over into Broadwater and Lincoln, right. or Broadwater. It doesn't go over to Lincoln. I don't know. Anyway. And half the time, Helena probably doesn't want East Helena's business. Uh, <laughs> only half the time? Uh, I think there's a lot more there. Yeah, it's, it, I always thought it was interesting that Helena, uh, that the East Helena kids came into Helena for the high school, because I, you know, I would think with two elementary schools and uh, middle school that they would be able to do uh, a high school out there, but they had never done one. Right. Um, and why they aren't just part of the same school district entirely is because we like to have bureaucracy. We do it. <laughs> we do take after Butte in some ways. Um, 
so yeah, it, it is interesting some of the, the ways that our bureaucracy hamstrings itself in order to get things not done. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to work on getting things done. Ex exactly. Yeah. Well, we'd like to put up some roadblocks. Uh, I, I find it very bizarre. I, I, well, and we, you heard it from Derek last week. It's hard for him to, to do anything. On a, on a three-person board, I find it really confusing that anyone would have a three-person board because you're always going to have one that's left out uh, most of the time. I mean, in a, a county like Lewis and Clark, having three county commissioners is confusing to me because it's a large county and three county commissioners. Right. And, and we elect them by districts. Right. Right, which is also strange. Because you, but I, because uh, you're going to get, uh, there's way more than three different groups of, of people. I mean, well, even yeah. the valley now is yeah. completely, it, it could be its own town. Yeah. You the the valley town. is different than the, the South Hills, which is different than East Helena, which is different than Augusta, which is different than Wolf Creek. Right. And, <laughs> um, and the shape of the county is just bizarre. But what's interesting about Montana, and I don't know anybody who knows much about this, because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, how much time did you spend up at this historical society? Poor you. <laughs> um, the, the state, when it was first formed, only had 13 counties. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, we decided, well, that's not enough. <laughs> Let's have 56. Um, what a waste. What an absolute waste. It, it doesn't make any sense to me that we would want this much bureaucracy. And I understand that people go, well, you want to have the county seat close to the major cities. Well, that's fine. We have seven major cities. We have 13 counties. I think we were doing okay. Right. right. You know, and especially in this day and age where we do have transportation that can get you anywhere, why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we wasting this kind of money? You know, everybody complains about how big government is and, and how intrusive it is. And I think the ways that it's big and intrusive is that we have so much of it that's not that's redundant, right? And I, uh, I hope we can fix it. I don't know that we can. Well, and I mean, I'm definitely going going on a rant about county commissioners, but you've got Ravalli County that has no idea what they want to do. They've they've got three, they've got five county commissioners right now. They changed it from three ten years ago. Now they want to change it back to three because they hate each other. All five of them don't like each other, and so two of them are going to be out of a job. It sounds like, and. But which two? And how are they going to do it? <laughs> and Ravalli County, or brought, yeah, Ravalli County, is so big that three people is not enough. I don't think because you've got the says the guy from you with eleven. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> take you, it with a grain of salt, people. I mean, in Silverville County, Butte is basically the only thing. You've got Walkerville that's Butte, right? Centerville that's Butte. There's no other. You've got Divide that's an hour away. On the county line, which, which is, has got like ten people in it, so right. most of it's there. But I mean, in Ravalli County or Bitterroot, in the Bitterroot, I can't. I'm pretty sure it's Ravalli County. You've got Darby, Stevensville, uh, all these towns up up that highway that need to be representative and represented. And you've they want to change it back to three, so you're going to have two towns because I think there is five. So major. they basically have one one representative <laughs> from each of the larger cities, right? Ideally, yeah. but they are. Uh, but now they want to change it to three, and so two towns are going to get left out, and it's going to be people from Stevensville and from from Victor and Frenchtown that are from Florence that are going to be elected, and then Darby and Sula down at the bottom are going to be SOL. So. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot that goes on in politics that just makes me <laughs> nuts. Welcome to Montana. Uh, yeah. Hmm. 
Anyway, so back to things that should be <laughs> happening that are not happening now because it is the summer and we are burning. Um, candidate forms definitely need to be happening. Town halls need to be happening. Um, and they, here's the thing. It's 2012. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the city hall, and it doesn't necessarily have to seat 4 billion people. Make sure that people can get online and be interactive. Right. Because there are plenty of ways of, you know, there are still lots of people that are on vacation, and I know how I'm, I am when I'm on vacation. If I'm really interested in the race, of course, you yeah, know, special case me. Um, but if I'm interested in a race and I know something's going on, if I can get to it online, I'll at least watch. Right. And if I can interact, all the better. I would love to be involved with these things. But it, it makes me crazy that we aren't embracing the technology. One of the things that Diane Smith was talking about, we need to embrace technology and how, right. we, do the, well, how we do our business. I mean, you saw that. I don't know if you heard it through the legislature. One of my state senator from Silverbrook County introduced a bill that would charge any legislator that wanted to do a presentation with a PowerPoint $12. I did see that. <laughs> um, and that that definitely qualified as one of the crazy bills. I'm like, one, I would use Keynote because I'm on a Mac, so I would never have to pay it. And two, um, what are you thinking? Right. You know, for those people who have a problem with um, the presentations that people are putting together, it's because our education system is failing them that they don't know how to put a presentation together. They've never done it. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember being in high school many, many moons ago, um, and being asked to do, uh, speak in front of a group and stand up and give a presentation, and we did that every year. And in, when I was volunteering at the high school, I was asking, you know, are they still doing this stuff? No. Right. It's well, like, well, why not? Why aren't you teaching these skills? And then when I went to college, we never did this stuff. You never gave a presentation until you were in your junior year in college. And by then, it was only about the specific topic that you were doing with. None of these people have been taught to think on their feet about a topic that they aren't particularly familiar with but do have some ideas on. Right. And that's, that's the low-end technology. Right. I don't know why. One thing that bothers me that could cut a lot of spending during interim, which is the off year of the legislature, why we aren't doing video conferencing for these interim committees. Because all these people, all these legislators from all over the state, we pay for them to drive here for mm -hmm. interim committees. So you've got people coming from Weibo County on the other side of the state driving eight hours and from Missoula. And they're, they're coming here for a few days. We're putting them up in hotels. We're paying for it, the, the people of Montana. And we've always done this. It's not like right. this is new. This is, you know, we've been doing this forever. And that's you know, part of doing business is we've got to get them in Montana or we've got to get them in Helena to do their job in some way, but that doesn't mean physically anymore. Right, right. I mean, video conferencing, I, I can see when you're, when you're doing a bill during the regular session and you have people that want to testify. I agree that they should be there in front of the committee testifying because it's not fair that you have somebody call in, like it happened during the last session. You have somebody, somebody call in from Indianapolis on, a, on an abortion bill, and they get first round, they get the first chance to speak. What? Yeah, it happened in House Judiciary. In well, how did they get a chance to speak <laughs> at all? There used to be rules that you had to actually be here in person. Were you at the 2011 session? Yes, that's right. <laughs> and especially in House Judiciary. Oh, uh, which was, was run by who? Uh, Ken Peterson. From and Billings. is he running again? He is not. Oh, darn. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, that committee, which is basically where all of the human rights bills go first, mm -hmm. Uh, is going to be changed a lot because you don't have Ken Peterson, you don't have Bob Wagner, thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, and you had some great Democrats on there, but it was so stacked with Republicans because we yeah, had Ellie was on that. She yeah. was, she was, and Robin Driscoll and Diane Sands. But 
we were so short because they had so many more Republicans elected that it was not right. an even. Yeah, it wasn't an even session uh, at all. But I mean, the things I saw in there, you've got, you've got legislators that introduce a bill and then they go sit back at the table. It's against the rules, against the law. You can't do that. But you tell Ken, Ken Peterson and he goes, no, 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 it's fine. I, I run this committee. And you're like, yeah, but you're Thanks. not following the rules. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that that was part of the, the whole Tea Party movement, that you had all these people that uh, decided to run because they thought the Constitution um, should be the main thing. And, and even though they were reading the Constitution wrong, in my belief, they're you're using it for the wrong You're thing. assuming they could read. <laughs> I, would, I would like to point out in many of those cases, that's not a safe assumption. Right. And, and so I think that in this next cycle, and I can tell already that, that it's going to be changed because you have some, some crazy legislators that were there last session that aren't going to be there. You've got James Knox that's not running again. You've got Raleigh Hutton who resigned and, and Joe Balliott who's gone and, and Dan Kennedy from Billings that's gone and Ken Peterson. We're going to get all these hopefully amazing Democratic legislators, from my point of view. And if and, you know, and if we get some of the Republican, if the Republicans get some seats, and they're going to, they're going to, you know, it's not like they're going to do bad. They just may not hold the House or the Senate. Um, but hopefully, the people that they elect aren't going to be nuts. Right. And you I know? could deal with a few more, a few more Mikes, a few more Mike Millers, and and Derek Browns. Right. Where they, I mean. It, you can argue with me with what I believe and what you believe, but then, then say, hey, I can't vote that way because it's not the way my constituents want. It might be what, what I believe, but I, in, in Mike's defense, I think that he actually is able to go back to Helmville and, and his counties and say, hey, what, what, what should I do? It seems like that's the kind of legislator he is. Well, and it's because he's built up those lines of communication that I don't see a lot of other legislators and a lot of other politicians do. And, you know, yes, it does mean that you have to go out and knock the doors. And yes, it does mean that you have to be accessible and you have to be available in, in ways that you may not be comfortable. You may not be comfortable with uh, Facebook or Twitter or on the phone or having them stop by your house if you're in some of these smaller rural places and they know where you live. But guess what? If you're going to represent people, you have to be comfortable with those things happening, mm -hmm. at least comfortable enough with them that when it happens, you don't immediately lose your mind. Right. Um, mm -hmm. the, but the, we end up with people like Derek Skies, who on some issues seemed human. And on some other issues, I don't even know if he was <laughs> the same person. Right. It was very bizarre. And he's running for? Uh, state auditor. Which, OK. To the insurance commission. Right. Yeah. And does he know what the state auditor does? I don't think he knows that we're actually in the state of Montana at most oh. times. Hmm. Um, <laughs> from Derek, his, from, if you're listening to this, be sure to come on the show. You know, from his commercial, I think he's, he thinks we're in a UFC fight. Ah. For the most part. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I mm -hmm. also encountered people at the legislature that, that are religious um, but respectful. You know, I worked on abortion rights, and I had one legislator from the Flathead that that we were talking, and uh, he came up and said, hey, you know, I, I agree with what you're trying to do, but my, my beliefs say that I can't support that. And I, I, I believe that you're doing something you think is right, but I can't vote that way. Which is respectable to me as, a, as somebody that's dealing with the legislator and dealing with the legislature that most of them will tell you, uh, in other words, to get lost. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I won't even listen to you. 
So that's <clears throat> respectable. And I, I, I wish we had more legislators like that. If they're not going to side with me, it would still be nice to, to have a civil conversation with them about it. So. Yeah, there's a lot that is going on that um, we've actually got some new stuff that's going on. But let's talk about our <laughs> news that we have for you. Uh, you want to tell them? <laughs> no, go for it. It's, uh, so, it's your big news. Yeah, it's uh, my big news. <laughs> uh, so Eddie and I have uh, obviously kept in touch since we did the first episode when we were drinking at um, Metals Bank yeah. Sports yeah. Bar. And uh, this is only possible because you lost. So <laughs> in my world, your losing is sort of my gain. And we've decided that we're going to start another show, uh, a weekly show, uh, which we haven't quite decided on the name. We sort of think we have it. We're going to discuss that a little bit more. Um, but the first show will actually be available next week, I think on Monday. And it's going to be Eddie and I talking about issues. Now, the difference between Politics Boom and uh, Ed Show, the Ed Show, that's what we're <laughs> going to call it, the Ed Show. Um, the big difference between them is that it's not going to be about other people coming in and discussing why they're involved in politics. And it's actually going to be, we're going to pick a couple of issues and dissect them pretty hard. And hopefully in a fun way, hopefully in an entertaining way, so people want to listen. Right. <laughs> so we would like to have listeners. Um, but the other thing is, you know, if you don't discuss the issues, if you can't find uh, the common ground for everybody, or at least an idea of why common ground can't be found, then we don't ha even have a place to start in making political inroads and doing the right thing on those issues. Right. So that's why we want to have the show. Um, plus, some of the stuff just is crazy-making, and we have to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will definitely have a lot to talk about. I mean, I don't know how many issues are going to be on the ballot, specifically issues, not, not politicians, but issue-based stuff, referendums and initiatives, uh, that I don't know what's going to be on there, but it'll be nice to, to learn about and talk about. And, and, uh, and opinionate. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then... Uh, we invite anybody to send in questions and whatnot, obviously, to talk about, you know, if you want to know what we think about something, one, you're nuts. And two, <laughs> um, by all means, let us know. If you've got a topic that you want us to dissect, we're going to do that. Uh, the first episode will actually be next week, um, which will be super fun, and it'll be another weekly show. What are we going to talk about? Um, I actually have a couple of things that I want to talk about, one of which is, it was in the newspapers today, it's about the divorce that's happening where... The, they had frozen embryos, but had never gotten around to getting pregnant. Okay. And this one has been tossed, it went up to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court tossed it back down to the district court because the Supreme Court was like, wait a minute, what are, you, are they property or are they children? Right. No, which is it? And it, it's a huge national debate. It's going to be interesting to discuss it. I have my own take on it. You will probably have yours. I'll have to read up on it. I, I don't, actually didn't. I don't, yeah, we'll get the article for you and send you links. And the cool thing about that is that we're going to pick a couple of topics and really go into it. It'll probably be 45 minutes to an hour as well. And um, you'll be able to find links to it in this show directly, and we'll have links all over the site because yeah. I like to make sure that people can find stuff. You know, and I think with that, uh, that overlying topic, I don't know, a few weeks ago there was a, a story about uh, some people in Great Falls, which I think it'll be political in this next year. Uh, where they had a child that was born with cystic fibrosis. And the parents are suing the doctors now because they said that if you would have told us that our son was going to have cystic fibrosis, we would have terminated the pregnancy. So it was a, they're, they're claiming wrongful birth, which is something I've wrongful never heard of. Wrongful birth. Never heard of, but uh, it's a real thing in Great Falls, Montana. Wow. You know, and I think that's going to be 
something that we're going to see a bill in 2013 session, you know, I, I know it. I know somebody is going to bring it forward yeah, and well, somehow argue it as, as the same as uh, wrongful death. Somehow tie it in because that's what the crazy people do. <laughs> but that one confuses me. Yeah. So. <laughs> that, one, that one just scares me. There's a lot about that sort of stuff that makes me crazy. Okay. So um, that's our big announcement. It's in the middle of the show. Uh, let's really quick go over a couple of things that we... Where do you see the campaigns right now? I know we talked about this last week, and I deliberately, you know, it was July 4th last week, so you know, nothing really goes on this day. Right. You know, but, but all of the campaigns are out and about, and we saw um, Tester went up to the Flathead and was mm -hmm. marching in the parade, and Bryce was there, and that was amazing. Bryce is usually the only one that goes up there. Right, to Sealy Lake. Right, to yeah. Sealy Lake. And then, um, sorry, not to the Flathead, like I know my map. <laughs> he was in the Flathead. Though. He was he, in the Flathead. He was, he was also in Butte. Butte. He did three in, in one day. Right, and then um, uh, Pam Busey was in... The Butte Parade. And something, Livingston. The Livingston was the day before. Yeah, yeah. and Monday. And then, or, and then she was in something on Monday, too. So, you know, I saw, we saw many of the campaigns out and doing stuff, but I didn't see Bullock. Where was he? Um, Steve was at the Butte Parade. Okay. Uh, did walk and it had a ton of people. Good. Um, the, what, the thing that concerns me about, I mean, we're in political season right now for them. With, well, with yeah, parades. Butte, Butte is always political. <laughs> but you don't see any, I didn't see where any Republicans were walking anywhere. I mean, let's say we're in the Flathead quietly walking in some parade. But you didn't see Raquel out in the parade. You saw people walking for him, but you didn't see him in the parade. And I know that um, that's something that Democrats and Republicans are different on. Uh, it seems like uh, Democrats can be a little more hokey, I guess. Uh, in the <laughs> can fact. be a little more hokey. <laughs> I, I would say down home and, and comfortable. But sure, yeah. It, it, I, think it, it, I honestly think it's a level of comfort that, that needs to happen. If you're going to run for office, oh, here I am ranting again. <laughs> but if you're going to run for office and you're not comfortable walking in a parade, how are you going to be comfortable when people are coming up to you yelling at you about what you've done wrong on a bill, right. even when it wasn't your bill? You know, I remember being up at the Capitol the last session. Well, I actually remember being up at the Capitol when I was a kid, too, and seeing people just steaming down the hallways yelling about something. Right. You know, and, and seeing legislators just be absolutely done with all of the crazy that goes on in the 90 days that they're up there. If you can't handle a parade, there's no way you're going to survive that. Right. None. We're definitely going to see them traveling all over the state, every little town that you can think of, Alzada or Ekalaka. They're going to be there. For some reason, there's going to be some little party, some, something that's going to draw them there, some rodeo or some outhouse burning or something. They're going to <laughs> some outhouse burning. You know, this is not a reference to uh, the GOP party. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that's what we're going to see in the next couple months. Uh, though it's it's downtime for the voters. It's it's a huge time for the candidates. They're going to be doing parades and knocking doors, and they're probably going to be on your doorstep a few times in the next couple of months. It's well, one would hundred hope. days out. One would hope. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see you know how the campaigns go with you know statewide campaigns are interesting because of course you can't be everywhere and you can't meet everyone, but you would think there would be more about what's going on, and I'm pretty in tune. You know, I don't watch a ton of TV, but I do watch the news. I try to keep up with what's going on. I have friends that are in the news. Hi, Marne. <laughs> and um, I just don't see a lot of activity from these campaigns. I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, maybe they're just saving up because they're going to go gung-ho come September 10th. 
I definitely see a lot. Did you say December 10th? No, September 10th. Oh, okay. I, at least I hope I said <laughs> September 10th. Yes, they're going to go gung-ho in December, and they're using a time machine. You know, you see a lot for the, the big race, obviously, that's hovering around our stage, the Tessa Relay race. Oh, yeah, but um, I don't see anything good coming from either no, side on that you know, right now. The way I see it right now, you've got Tester, who's not putting any of his own ads on TV, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is, is smart of him because you've got Reberg that's putting out these ads that are just bashing John Tester. You've got these Crossroads USA that are bashing Tester. So it's all bad, like Reberg says this about Tester, Reberg, Tester. But yeah, then but you've got Tester who's like, I'm out knocking doors or out at parades, meeting mm -hmm. people. But you've got Reberg who, who doesn't show up to parades but is spending all this money on TV just bad-mouthing John Tester. And I don't know. And doing it in a way that I think is interesting because he is mentioning Tester's name constantly. Mm -hmm. Tester, 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 Tester. And even though he's mentioning it in a negative way, it's just reinforcing his name. Right. And he always ends with, and I'm Denny Rayberg and I approve this ad, which is great from, you know, great from the whole, this is, you obviously have to do that in an ad if it's yours, but he's not selling any of his points. And he's been in Congress long enough, he should have some. Right. Well, and I mean. And if he doesn't have things that are positive, Montanans, especially after this last session, I'm sorry, I think they're tired of the negative. Right. They're tired of the crazy. And if they see somebody consistently being, well, harpy, 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 uh, they're not going to vote for him. They're going to go, well, you were harping on this other guy, but this other guy was actually getting stuff done. Right. Well, in, in, in this situation, you've got John Tester in the Senate that is more apt to pass bills because the House has got like roadblocks and insanity. <laughs> right. Where, where you've got Denny Reberg who's, who's in the House saying it's, it's John Tester's fault. It's his fault that nothing's getting passed. It's the reason we have Obamacare. But you don't, and he's saying that John Tester took these pay raises, but at the same time, Reberg's the one that took it or asked for a raise five times. Every year he's been there, he, he supported a pay raise for Congress. And with the way Citizens United is going, they can get away with saying whatever they want on TV. They can lie. They can right. say anything. And it's okay because <laughs> the Supreme Court has said it's okay. We're going to have to come up with our own political ads. And then <laughs> he gave birth to a kangaroo on the floor of the Senate. Right. You know, <laughs> you know and it's, that's what's frustrating. But at the same time, if you're sitting in the kitchen and your TV is going off in the living room and all you hear is, out of the back of your your mind, tester, 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 tester. Yeah, that's going to resonate with you, and you're going to remember his name, and you're going to vote that way, especially if you're one of those independent people who, like, not terribly involved in politics, but you are going to vote, especially in the big races, and you're kind of Republican, but you're kind of Democrat, and you know that John isn't, and it's like, well, the name has been drilled into your head 160 times, and it hasn't necessarily been drilled in, in a way that's so completely obviously negative that you're biting into the negative, you just get the name. Right. Wrong idea. As Brad Johnson proved with his win, because mm -hmm. he wasn't campaigning, it was all na name recognition. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I don't understand why you would do that. I don't understand why Reberg would have an ad that isn't just his name for, repeated over and over again for 30 seconds. Right. It'd be more effective with a lot of voters. Yeah. That's unfortunate, but it's true. <laughs> and, and I guess also at the same time, we've got a, a house race that that for the first time in, in my voting generation uh, is seeing an open seat in the House with two candidates, um, one of them that, that breezed through his primary, 
with with no ads that I can think of. No, just science. Um, but you had Kim who had very very Montana-esque commercials um, that had a point to each one of them. Uh, and I think that she's done pretty well at uh, picking her points, uh, autism, uh, and kicking the can down the road. That's what everyone thinks of when they think of Washington. Um, but that might be me that, as a politico, somebody that can remember every single ad on TV. <laughs> but that one's going to be interesting because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to go. Because we haven't seen much because it's overshadowed by our Senate race and our, our governor's race. But uh, the governor's race, at the same time, had commercials, but you had some, some wacky commercials. I mean, you had Neil Livingstone that's, that's yelling at the government to stay the hell out of our business or get the hell out. And those are his words, not, not right. mine. I'm right. not paraphrasing. <laughs> but I agree with you that the ads have slowed, and it should be... We're in a time now where it's, where it's 100 degrees outside. Nobody's going to go camping because you can't light a campfire. So there are going to be people that are home. And so you have this They're going to be laying on the couch with a fad going, no, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Where you have a chance to reach to people in ads, and you have this money that you can spend because they're... they're Yeah, spend it now because come the end of the month, it's sold out. Right. Sold out. And that's one thing that the, the, the further down the ticket you go, the less likely you are to buy ad space, whether it's even a billboard. I'm already seeing billboards in Butte, though it's a political town. You're going to have billboards everywhere, but uh, it's something that there's we've never seen in Montana before. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm kind of hoping Kelson does get a billboard because I just want to go take a picture of her <laughs> in front of her billboard. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's not it's something we we've never seen the money that we're going to see in this race. And I'm not saying a race, one particular race, but all of them combined. Because everyone's looking at Montana to see what the governor's ship is going to be, uh, what our House seat, and what our Senate seat's going to be. Mm. Mike had an interesting post on Facebook today, and he ended it with end wine and used the um, ending tags for HTML, which I thought was funny. Um, but it was basically, <laughs> it, the, the gist of it was, he's tired of sending back money for people who hit the limit. Um, on donations, and he's like, all this money can go into these other races and all of these things that we could do when we have such low limits. Right. And we need to fix that. And we do need to fix that. I mean, I, I don't understand why our limits are so low on state races or on, on house races. You know, and it, it doesn't make any sense. It's so low and you can't even reach all the people that you have in the area in any sort of way because you just, you can't raise the money. Right. So it's, it's interesting. There's, there's many, many things that are going on. I look forward to the show with you. I think mm-hmm. it'll be great. And thank you for coming on my show again. Yeah, thanks. I, I love coming on the show, loving to talk and listening to myself talk. So, <laughs> so uh, once again, I'd like to extend my thanks to the Lewis and Clark County Library because they give us uh, free meeting rooms. Actually, they'll give anybody free re- meeting rooms. You need a meeting room and you're in Helena, you can call the library. And if it's not booked, it is available. And there's a couple of really big ones and one small one. And it's really nice to be able to use the space. So uh, thanks to them again. If it is your summer, please read a book. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.